Welcome back to the John Lovero Actualized Podcast. I am your host, John Lovero, and we are here in the midst of a quarantine. And it's been interesting. We're about five months in now. It's crazy how fast it's gone by. Each day is just like a blink of the eye. And we're in that next week. We're in that next month. It's just moving so incredibly fast. I cannot believe it. But, you know, it's given me a lot of time to think about things and not take for granted the things that were there before quarantine, like being able to play a show. No one ever put that idea in my head. Hey, man, uh, next year, there's going to be a pandemic and there's going to be no shows, no more. Not once did I think myself, Hey, this might all just come to an end. There's been other reasons that I've thought, uh, that I might not be able to tour or do this or do that, but not because the world is stopping it and the pandemic is creating the resistance I always thought it would be some sort of choice that either I made or someone else made that would bring an end to things if it ever had to happen. But I'd never thought for a second that it would just be forced upon us. And it's really making me appreciate it, man. It's really making me appreciate the time spent on the road. I miss our loyal fans, our loyal Higgs fans. I miss my bandmates. I miss the road, the actual road itself. The road's not easy. The road's not fun always, but it's always interesting. There's always something going on. And I just miss it. I miss getting off at truck stops, you know, wandering in, checking it out, going and see the slushy machine, seeing what they got. Oh, they're out of red? Not today. I miss those hot dogs that were, you know, grilling over in the corner, just actually not grilling. They're like turning on a little thing, you know. I miss that smell of coffee. You know, you walk into a truck stop and all you can smell is coffee and hot dogs. Some of them even have that, that Cinnabon, you know, you can go into a truck stop in the middle of the country and get yourself a Cinnabon. And that's not always a good idea, but I do it anyway. I miss it, man. I miss driving for eight hours straight, just plowing along, hand on the wheel. I miss being a passenger in an eight hour car drive through the country, man. Like there's things you can't beat. You can't beat driving through the middle of Utah going by Arches National Park and driving through Colorado, going through Denver and then going, you know, through the mountains and through all those amazing ski towns. And that's some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm really missing it right now. I'm missing the road. But most importantly, I'm missing the people. 
I'm missing the experiences with the amazing people. We drive all day. We get to the show. We play our asses off. But then after the show, what's left? The hotel room where we come together as a band and we chat about the show and we listen back and we wind down. Because, you know, when you get done with a show, it's midnight or one in the morning. And people who work a normal job know that you don't just get off of work, come home and go to sleep. It's not something that is easy. You have to wind down. There has to be that winding down period. And it's no different for musicians. Uh, Musicians just get off of work a little later, you know, but that winding down period is still necessary and it takes just as long. So a show that gets off at midnight, you're looking at going to bed at, you know, three, four in the morning. And what are you going to be doing? You're going to be sitting in the hotel room with the boys, listening to the show, the playback. It's like the game tapes. It's like when a football team sits in the locker room together and watches the game tapes and goes over the plays. That's the kind of stuff that happens late night with a band. There's other things that happen late night with a band too, but I'm not going to go into all those other things, if you know what I mean. But yeah, and then there's time spent with incredible, I would call extended family members of the band. People who, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be doing this thing. You know, the incredible support that musicians get is unbelievable. Okay. And, you know, it might not always be in like a a support in like a monetary sense. You might not always be making a ton of money doing it, but you're given hospitality from people. You're given friendship, lifelong friendships from people. And it's based around the fact that you can somehow touch them, touch their soul when you're on stage and they're in the crowd. And then that turns into a love that you have for that person. So there's so many people that we meet out on the road that I'm now lifelong friends with. People that I see every time I go through that particular state or that particular city. I crash their houses sometimes. You know, I really miss that, man. I miss I miss being able to do what we do, you know? As musicians, we play music, we perform. And as a band that kind of fits in this this jam band scene, uh, the live show is where it's at. You know, I, you know, I've heard comedians say that it's not the same doing comedy like on a zoom call or through video. It's just not the same. You don't have that same connection. You're not hearing the laugh back and that, that laughter is what gives them energy on stage to then make the performance better. And I feel like that kind of goes for the musicians as well, especially in the jam band scene. It might be a little different if you're more of like a producer or like a studio type of musician, 
and most of your work is actually coming from the studio and that's what people know you for and that's what people enjoy about your work. But when it comes to the Higgs and it, and a lot of other bands that I'm associated with, it's much different when you're not right in front of people. And you'll hear a lot of people say things about jam bands like they don't have the best albums their live show is everything. If you're going to go see a, if you're going to listen to a jam band in general, you should probably go see a live show. That's not always true. I mean, Grateful Dead proved that. I mean, they, if, I mean, if you want to call them a jam band, they came out with albums like American beauty and working man's dead masterpieces, absolute studio masterpieces. And Grateful Dead actually just released that uh, Angel's Share. And that's behind the scenes Working Man's Dead recordings. It's so cool. It is so phenomenal. It's so rad to hear Garcia in the zone, in the recording studio, really serious about his work. You know, Jerry always kind of came off as like a happy-go-lucky, kind of funny, jokester-type dude. And you can really hear his passionate and serious side in some of these recordings. Um, I would give them a listen because it gives you some real insight as to how the songs developed in the studio. Like you're not going to hear the whole track in some of these where the band recorded like a foundational track. And then later they would record on top of that, like more guitars or vocals Um, but you can hear these bass tracks, like what they started with in the studio. And it's so cool, man. It's just, uh, it's very good insight to what the Grateful Dead have been doing, man. And, uh, how they, how they were doing it back in the studio back in the day, not, not have been doing obviously, but what they were doing. And they also came out with a podcast recently too, Grateful Dead podcast. And they discussed that album in detail and they discussed how this angel share goes into more of the tracks stuff that they didn't release on working man's dead. It's phenomenal. I highly suggest highly, highly suggest you give it a listen. What else, man? What else? Um, Oh, I got to chat with the guys from Robert John of the wreck pretty recently. Uh, hopped on their podcast. They do. I think it's a weekly podcast, the wreck podcast. Go check it out. I'm uh, maybe an episode or two back. Go check it out, man. It was a lot of fun. It was video. So I hopped on a video call with them. And man, they're just such cool guys. And it was so fun to chat with them. And uh, yeah, it's cool, man. I met them on the road. We were touring. The Higgs were on tour many years ago, maybe six or seven years ago. I don't even remember what state we were in. It was like Washington or something. And we had a co-bill. We were playing a gig with these guys, Robert, John and the wreck. I had no idea who they were, what they were about, but I remember we listened to some of their tunes on the way up just to kind of be familiar with them. I just kind of wanted to know who I was going to be playing a show with that night. So, you know, listen to some of their tracks in the van on the way over and got there and it was so rad, man. They were so cool. So down to earth. And I just remember their bassist, Nick, was chatting with me and I was 
maybe out of herb that night. And he brought me over and was like, dude, here you go. And packed one up and the rest is history, man. I was friends with those guys forever since then. And, uh, at that time, Warren Merle was on base with us and he eventually left the Higgs and became the bassist of Robert John on the wreck. And that was just really cool to catch up with him and catch up with those guys and just chat about stuff, man. You know, we went, uh, kind of deep into what kind of gear we use. Uh, Hank and I discussed, uh, as guitarists, like what kind of things we like, uh, as gear, we listened to some music and discussed what we thought about the music and what we thought about the band. Hank is like a music historian, man. He goes deep and checks out bands. And I think he brings songs to the podcast every week. So we got to listen to some stuff and rock out to it. And it was a lot of fun. It was really, really enjoyable. And uh, they got a new album out. It's called Last Light on the Highway. And y'all should go check it out. It's, I'm sure it's everywhere that you can normally find music, Spotify and all that stuff, but phenomenal, phenomenal album. I gave it a listen and digging it. Absolutely digging it. And uh, yeah, man, what else? Going to be doing a, a live stream coming up on Monday. And we're going to be heading to Burbank, California, to the Bridge Family Production Studio, where I think they do a number of things over there, like live streams and like a rehearsal studio, recording studio, lockout kind of space. They kind of do it all over there. But the Higgs are going to grab our gear, go head over to the studio on Monday and do a full on live stream. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Super, super excited about it. Just to be able to play some music. Oh, it's the best feeling. It's the greatest feeling. I swear. I swear playing music is the greatest feeling. You know, they opened up the Wayfarer for a show and it was supposed to be a weekly thing, but you know, I just don't think society in general is ready for it. And we did get one show in though. We played a few Sundays back and, ah, the feeling was incredible. I mean, you take uh, a live show that normally we would put, you know, maybe 200, 250 people in this building. We move it out to the patio for social distancing purposes, fresh air, all that. And, um, yeah, it just, it was so fun. The connection between the crowd and the band was unbelievable, but we can't continue to do it because the lockdown has become more strict and there's been further restrictions that have been applied and, you know, I don't think people are ready. I don't think people are ready. Um, a lot of responsible people there. A lot of people wearing masks. Um, but also a lot of people not, you know? A lot of people who just... Um, it's just like another day, you know? Another day. Like there's no pandemic happening at all. And that's okay. You know, people just aren't ready for getting back to the norm, you know, and that's all right. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with adapting. You know, this has been given, like I was saying in the beginning, this has been giving me time to reflect. This has been giving me time to look back at the beautiful thing that is live music. 
Yeah. It's also given me time to do something like this, start a podcast. So, you know, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. And I look up to some podcasters, shout out No Simple Road. And, uh, you know, I listen to a bunch of other ones. And it's just a fun thing to do. And like I've said, in the future, hopefully we'll be getting some guests on here, some cool people to come and chat. But for now, I'm just rambling into a microphone, you know. That's about all we're doing here, just rambling into a mic. Yeah, I can't wait for this show, man. We're going to go over to the bridge studio, set up, do our thing, record it, live stream it, do all that. And, you know, hopefully in a few months, things start to get back rolling. But if they don't, it's okay. There's other things that we can be doing as musicians to stay active, stay up, stay happy, stay current. Right now, I'm just about spreading positivity. I'm about spreading love. With all the craziness that's going on in social media, it's a very interesting time right now. So I've actually kind of taken a step back from being so involved with everybody's opinion and, man, just all the negativity. Man, like, you really can't read the comment sections all the time. You got to stay out of the comment sections on Facebook and on Instagram. Instagram is not so bad. I've actually been digging Instagram lately because Instagram seems like a place where people are less likely to argue. People are less likely to like tell someone off because of their political views or, um, you know, disagreements in general. Instagram just seems like a safer place and uh, more of a fun, entertaining place. It's a photo and a caption and some sh- usually some very short comments below it. But Facebook, man, Facebook can get ugly. What is it about Facebook? I, I don't know what it is, man. There's just something about being able to like type up a nice paragraph or multiple paragraphs worth of information and put that out there that just kind of leads to people you know, like fighting. I don't get it. I don't get it. But yeah, I'm trying to stay away from Facebook a bit. So, um, yeah, Twitter is just as bad. Actually, Twitter can be an interesting place too. I mean, this is the thing that all of these social medias are so vital and essential for, uh, business owners, musicians, for more than just the entertainment factor. Obviously we use these things as a type of resume as a type of way to get information out, you know, as a type of way to show off who we are and what we offer, what our services are. So there's this weird balance of you got to stay on there and you got to stay active and you got to stay in people's minds and stay current But when you're on there and you're constantly, you know, tuning in and uh, keeping your ear to the floor, there's negative things that come along with it, you know, and I'm just trying to stay out of that negativity right now. I'm just really trying to focus on the positive, spread love, 
And that's what we can be doing right here, man. On JLA, we can be spreading that love. Stay out of the comment section. Stay out of there. I don't want to see you in there, okay? I'm talking to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Stay out of that comment section. Yeah, what else? What else? Uh, Got some new gear for the podcast. Trying to up the game a little bit. Hopefully the... If you're actually watching this on YouTube, the video quality is a little bit better, and hopefully um, the audio is a little better too. But yeah, man, everyone just stay positive out there. Do something that you love. I've said this before, but take this time. Take this time during this quarantine. This is a time like unlike any time else. I've never had this much time off. Have you? I've never had this much time to just sit with myself and think. And just think about why I got into all these things. Why am I a musician? Why did I start a podcast? When you don't have the thing just rolling and it's not just normal like it was, the music life, the music scene was just something that was there. I didn't even think twice about it. When you're taken away from that, I'm having to look at myself again and just ask myself, why? Why do you play music? Why did you start a podcast? And the answer is it just makes me happy. At the end of the day, I enjoy it. I have fun performing music for people. I have fun getting my gear together and playing my guitar at my house for hours a day and just keeping my chops up just for that show that's going to be at the end of the week. I love teaching. I absolutely love teaching music. I've been teaching, you know, for years now. And it's just, it's one of my joys. It's one of my passions. So with all of this temporarily gone, the touring and the quote unquote rock star lifestyle, it's really made me think about why I do it and why I'm still doing it. And it's because I love it. I absolutely enjoy the process of coming up with songs, getting on the road, getting into venues, hustling, making those contacts, making friends, learning about other individuals on the road, learning about other musicians and their style. That was one of the fun things about uh, hanging out with the, the rec guys the other night was actually right before we went into the podcast, they were doing some housekeeping and I was already in the video stream with them. So I could hear them. They could hear me. We could see each other and all that, but they were actually right in the middle of a band meeting. And it was really, really fun and really interesting to kind of see the inner workings of another band and see how they do their thing. Cause we're all a little bit different. We're all trying to achieve similar goals and do similar things as far as success and Uh, you know, venues we're trying to reach and audiences we're trying to reach. 
but we all kind of take a bit of a different approach. And it was really fascinating hearing what they had to say about, oh, what are we doing this week? And uh, let's get this together and let's get that together. We're posting this on this day and we're doing this on that day. And, you know, that's, that's happening, you know, with bands, a lot of this stuff, you know, you think that they're just, um, that they're just popping up there and they're just magically appearing and playing a show before your eyes. And you don't think about all the work that goes into it beforehand. And, um, yeah, that's, a part of it being in a band is like running a business, you know, it's so similar to running a small business. I know that because I own a music school in Fullerton, California. It's called Lark music lessons. And it's just as challenging to run that business as it is to run the band. Actually, it's harder to run the band. Um, It is an extreme challenge to run the band. And there's a lot of little details that you wouldn't think that are involved, you know, but they are. They are, man. There's a lot that goes into organizing a band. So, yeah, it's fascinating here, hearing how other people do it. It's just, um, you learn a little bit of something, too. You learn other techniques and other approaches. and Yeah, man. So I just wanted to hop on here and rant a little bit. Episode 3, JLA, the John Lavero Actualized Podcast. Keep tuning in. We'll be back here for the next episode. And we will see you then. Peace out.